Today's show brought to you by Redcon1.com. That's right. Click the link at the bottom of the podcast app in which you are listening to this on. Check them out. Use promo code T20Cordimus. That's right. Redcon1.com. There's nothing special about being American. None of you can define for me what an American is. I am the nation. I was born on July 4th, 1776, and the Declaration of Independence is my birth certificate. The bloodlines of the world run in my veins because I offered freedom to the oppressed. I am many things and many people. I am the nation. I am 200 million living souls and the ghost of millions who have lived and died for me. I am Nathan Hale and Paul Revere. I stood at Lexington and fired the shot heard round the world. Washington, Jefferson, Patrick Henry. I'm John Paul Jones, the Green Mountain Boy, David Crockett. I'm Lee. Coming to you from the DTOM studios in the free state of Florida, sponsored by Maker's Mark Bourbon. This is Don't Tread on America. Your host, Don Q. How's everybody doing out there today? It is Wednesday, February 1st, 2023. How's everybody doing out there today? Yeah. Uh, it's partly cloudy, high of 78, free state of Florida. How's everybody else doing out there? Actually, it might be a little warmer. 78. It's like summertime already. I swear to God. But I think there's a cold front. There's a cold front of brewing. All right. Got a good show for you today. We're going to piggyback off of the show I did last uh, week, I think on Thursday, which I felt was was one of my better shows, the uh, 90 seconds to midnight. So we're going to piggyback off of that because... And it's interesting because that show I did on Thursday, then the show I did on Sunday, um, Sunday I talked about mass media manipulation. And ever since I've done that show, I've really been paying attention to the news, not just the the news that I watch. You know, because I I don't really watch a whole lot of news. I'll be honest with you. I read more than I watch. I would say the bulk of anything that I watch is Tucker Carlson. And I'll even go out on a limb saying... Even his programming has switched to... I mean, there are some things he talks about that we could we could touch on. The egg, uh, the chicken uh, fire at the uh, processing plant. We've talked about eggs. We've talked about... Actually, he did a story the other day. Uh, and I was like, well, Tucker's a fan. Because <laughs> he did a story, I think it was Monday night, about... Uh, the, the egg-laying shortage and the producer's pride meal, uh, you know, chicken feed that, that they're using, maybe having something to do with whatever. And I was like, damn, I did that last week. So, I here's the thing. I, I joke about this. Like, I'll say to Chris, well, Tucker Carlson's a fan. And I even reached to the point where I say, you know, even if he's not listening to the show, and I'm not trying to say that he is, but I was like, even if someone on his staff... Maybe, I don't know, 
here's the thing. I'm not saying this is happening. Uh, it's one of two things. I'm going to say one of two things. If someone from Tucker Carlson's staff is listening to the show here and there, throw a brother a bone, dude. You know, have me on the show. Throw me a, a credit. Something. Just just a little something. And the reason I say that, I'm not even saying that you can say, oh, I got this story from, but I've heard this, you know, whatever, something. I'm just trying to make it, man. I'm just trying to be like y'all. Come on, man. Throw a little dude a bone. Come on, man. But assuming that's not the case, which it's very likely not the case, uh, I just like when I see the, the most popular uh, news opinion show on TV right now, the most viewed show on cable news and we're in sync and I'm actually beating him to the punch. So it's not that I'm better than him or his producers or whatever. And I'm not stealing content from his show. I'm not saying, Oh yeah, Tucker show. This is what they talked about. Blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, that kind of makes me feel good. It makes me feel like I'm going in the right direction with what I'm doing. So with that being said, um, I'm going to start a pay account only. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I just need you guys to help me out. Just subscribe to the show if you aren't already. And and most importantly, share this with your friends. Whatever podcast app you're listening to this on, subscribe. Boom. It doesn't cost you anything. I'm not going to be one of these podcasts that's going to charge you. Um, so, and then and share it with your friends. Because the more people we have listening, obviously, the more sponsors I'll get. And I'll make my money that way. I don't want to charge you guys for that. I'd rather get it through sponsorship. So, um, and then, like I said before, if you're listening to this on an Apple device or an Android device or whatever app you're using, we're available anywhere podcasts are. The only app that we're not on, for whatever reason, is Pandora. So, pretty much, no one has an excuse not to listen to the show. Even if they don't have a quote-unquote podcast app, if they're on an Apple phone, uh, there's iTunes, the uh, Apple Podcast. If they're on an Android phone of some sort, there's Google Play. And those are on the phone. You don't have to download another app. It's there. So, also, speaking of sponsors, let's talk about our newest sponsor of the show, Christian Lawson Watches. Check them out at christianlawson.com. Use promo code DTOM at the checkout to get 30% off your purchase price. You probably missed the boat on Valentine's Day, but never fear. There's birthdays. You got Easter coming. If you want to buy your loved one a watch for Easter, birthday, anniversaries, just remember to use the code, promo code DTOM at the checkout. So, uh, also, guys, make sure you follow us on, on uh, social media. We are Dultred on America. On Facebook, Instagram, and the Ticker Talker. And basically on TikTok, I just make drinks. And uh, DTOM underscore 1775 on the Twitter machine. If you want to follow me personally, it's PCGC underscore 1775. And uh, we have a website, don'ttradeonamerica.com. If you have any questions, concerns, uh, show ideas, uh, information you want to push my way, you can use any of those platforms to do so. If you don't want to do it via Facebook or whatever where, where other people can see it, um, there is a link on the uh, Facebook page to the website, or you can message me, message, message the show, 
via Facebook. Or like I said, just go to the website and you can send me an email through that. Mm. I drink in a cinnamon old-fashioned. Mm, mm, mm. If you want to know how to make that, go to TikTok. Don't try to America on TikTok. Um, so, I'm, I had a kick-ass workout today. Worked, worked today, got done work, got to the gym at 11 o'clock, and I, uh, had a training session. That dude, he whooped my ass. I ain't even gonna lie to you. So, I'm gonna try and get through this show with the, uh, excitement that I've been bringing the last couple of shows. So, here we go. All right. So, piggybacking onto the last show I did, which was the uh, 90 seconds to midnight, right? Oh, coming in hot. A little Black Sabbath. So, I, I was thinking about this song while I'm getting the show together. And not to dwell on <laughs> the destruction of all mankind, and this isn't an American thing. This is a world thing. Um, this song came to mind. And everything that I've looked up and everything that I'm talking about, the first verse of this song, if you guys know this song, you know, sing along. You guys, and and listen, listen to the words. I mean, Ozzy Osbourne might have been a crazy son of a bitch or might still be a crazy son of a bitch. But uh, I think it's interesting knowing that the music was, that was written in the 60s and 70s you know, it was very, uh, you know, hippie, anti-war. Listen to this. It's just, tell me this doesn't resonate. Generals gathered in their masses Just like witches at black masses Evil minds that plot destruction Sorcerer of death's construction In the fields of bodies burning As the war machine keeps turning Death and hatred to mankind Poisoning their brainwashed minds Oh, larger! That's a kick-ass song. That is a kick-ass song. But listen to those that verse, that that part there. You know, war machine keeps turning as the war, you know, bodies burning. You know, those generals gather in their masses, just like witches at black masses. Um, tell me, now this song was written back in this, I, I think in the late 70s, or I'm sorry, late 60s, early 70s politicians you know now I think this had a lot to do with um, the Vietnam War but listen to this song like when you have a chance look up War Pigs Black Sabbath okay listen to the song listen to the words I mean the song in general the music everything about it kicks ass but listen to the words it's very interesting um, to, <laughs> to every war, not just this war, that, you know, the war when he wrote this song, it's, it carries. 
So this was the song was released in 70. So you figure he probably wrote this in 68, 69. So generals gather in their masses, right? Just like witches at black masses. Evil minds that plot destruction. Sorcerer of death's construction. In the fields, the bodies are burning. As the war machine keeps turning. Death and hatred to mankind. Poisoning their brainwashed minds. Now, that right there carries over the last two shows I just talked about. Right? Poisoning their brainwashed minds. How is that? How, how are people, and I'm not just talking about this country, England. I mean, people that listen to the show, tell me if I'm wrong. I see where the downloads are coming from. We have a ton of listeners in, in England, Spain, Sweden, <laughs> a lot of the Europe countries. Uh, a shit ton of people listen to this in Canada, Australia. And you generally, in all those countries, have a relatively free media. Um, I mean, maybe not as free as American, but freer than like China or Russia or whatever. And as free as American media may be. Um, but point being is this. Every one of us that watch the news in what whatever country you watch the news in. And I don't care if I'm talking about in America, Fox, CNN, MSNBC. Or if you just watch your local news media because... Your local news media is piggybacked off of the national news media. Now, if you watch your local Fox affiliate or ABC, NBC, whatever, guarantee you there's a part in that during that broadcast that they use, um, you know, here's our national correspondent, blah, 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 right? So the brainwashing, and they brainwash you towards their methodology. So if you're watching your local Fox affiliate, they're going to probably have someone from Fox National, from the national show on there, reporting at some point or another. They're still going to try and steer you. Same thing with NBC, CBS, and a lot of your cable news networks, like your cable, like in Florida, you know, you have, and I think like in New York and different states, you have Spectrum. And they usually have a Spectrum news channel of some sort. And that's a Time Warner situation, which is CNN. So... You know, you still get the 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 brainwashed. So, and like I talked about on the last show about the mass media manipulation, and I call them the fourth branch of the government, the secret branch, right? So this is all just a ploy to get people cited. The thing that's been bothering me, and we talked about this the other day, is um, the um, I'll go ahead and it's just all coarse there, so I figured I'd go ahead and end that. <laughs> but you have um, you have uh, <laughs> a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, all we could talk about was Ukraine war, Russia giving them tanks, we're gonna die. All of a sudden, I talked about this on the last show. We have the Paul Pelosi stuff come out. We have the Tyree, um, crap, I can't think of the kid's name, but the situation in Memphis come out and boom, Ukraine, what, what's going on in Ukraine? And, and the thing that kills me is there's all these little situations. They're just begging 
for something else to happen so they can talk about that and steer your mind away from the inevitable. And here's this and here's the stuff that concerns me is this. Okay, so I'm going to I'm going to run give you a run over of World War II. Okay? So essentially we as history is told, I should say, we were we are told through history that America didn't enter the war until Pearl Harbor, right? So Japan attacked Pearl Harbor. Now, if you go back and listen to our D-time, DTOM X-Files, or our DTOM files, I should call them, and we did a false flags episode, and we talked about Pearl Harbor being a false flag. Now, it's not a popular opinion, because we are, for lack of a better term, brainwashed into believing that we were on the right side. On anything that happens, we are on this country. We are on the right side of, of whatever's happening. Okay? And and as, as we talked about in that show, me and Chris, we went through the Pearl Harbor situation. And to not... I'm, when we say false flag, when anyone talks about a false flag, I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say when anyone. But I, when I talk about a false flag... I'm not insinuating that that event didn't happen. What I'm saying is it didn't happen the way we were taught it happened. Um, For example, um, Alex Jones just got sued not too long ago for calling Sandy Hook Sandy Hoax, saying it never happened. I would go down the road of saying Sandy Hook did happen, but not the way we were told. You understand that's a false flag. Obviously, I'm under the belief that different situations occur. They really happen. But we are told, oh, we were just minding our business and Pearl Harbor attacked us. And then I could research that and find that, yeah, Japan attacked us. I'm not denying that that happened. What I'm denying is that we didn't know that was happening. We almost antagonized them into doing it. And why is that? Well, because American, the, the American public didn't want to get into war. We didn't want nothing to do with it. Now, prior to December 7th, 1941, World War II had already been going on. Okay? Granted, it wasn't called World War II. That's a, that's a after-the-fact uh, connotation the war was already going on Germany was doing its thing in Europe and England and France and all these countries were trying to and and Russia were trying to do whatever I don't want to give you all a history lesson but in the meantime during those couple of years prior to us entering the war we were supplying these countries with tanks and armaments and so on and so forth very reminiscent to what's going on now. And then, um, you know, essentially, Japan feared that we would get involved. And our, even to this day, our Navy is dominant compared to other countries. And say what you want about China and Russia, but I'm just telling you it is what it is. Um... 
Japan felt that if they attacked Pearl Harbor, that that would uh, annihilate our naval standing. All it did was kind of delay any kind of response in the Pacific theater. But, I mean, we still had San Diego. It's not Pearl Harbor is our only naval base at the time. Um, so really all you did was antagonize us into the war. And they paid for it, <laughs> to say the least, right? But a lot of it was about our involvement without actually being involved. Um, I guess if World War II was happening now, if the things that happened in World War II were happening now, it would look very reminiscent of what's going on in Ukraine and Russia. Only difference is, is Russia's goal isn't to take over Europe. Um, by all accounts, that's not their goal. Essentially, when they lost the the those countries on the uh, western side of Russia, the uh, so you had uh, Georgia, Ukraine, uh, Belarus. I don't know all the, all of them. Estonia. I don't know all of them, but. That, that line of countries that's between Russia and Europe. When those all used to be part of Russia, part of the Soviet Union. When they lost that, why was Ukraine so important for them to lose and or to keep? It's because of the Black Sea. So Russia has access, obviously, to the Pacific Ocean, Right. But in order for them to be in the Atlantic Ocean, they have to do a lot of sailing. Whereas they had ports in the Black Sea, which you can get out a lot easier to the Atlantic Ocean that way. Now, north of Finland and Sweden, you can still get out. But if, if any of you guys know anything about a little something... That part of the of the world is very hard to maneuver through because it's very icy. Okay, whereas the Black Sea, the Mediterranean, that area is a lot more maneuverable with ships. So um, that's essentially why they took Crimea back in 2014. They were like, "Fuck that! We need a base. We need a we need a naval port." Um. So then the question could be asked: Okay, so and, and we didn't bat an eye. <laughs> we weren't going through any of this shit back in 2014. They just took Crimea. No bubbles, no troubles. So you could ask the question, why now? What's going on now? Well, here's the problem is, <laughs> they were kind of having to go around their elbow to get to their asshole to get to the base. Okay? If they get the southeastern part of the Ukraine, they have a land bridge, essentially. They're not having to cross through other countries to get to their naval port. Um, why is this all of a sudden a big deal? I'm not saying... I, I, how can I, I... Let me rephrase that. It should. If you're going to make a big deal about this, you should have made a big deal about that. You understand what I'm saying? Um, in conjunction with that, you have that particular area of Ukraine wanting, you know by all accounts of everything that I've seen, wanting to be part of Russia. 
Whether that's true or not, I don't know. But who's to say what is and what isn't true anymore? But this is where it gets concerning. So when we talk world wars, one, two, three, it's, it has nothing to do with Russia, Ukraine, necessarily. It's when other countries get involved. So in Germany, for example, in World War I, I'm sorry, in World War II, started doing its thing. Well, then you had like Mussolini in uh, Italy. You had whatever the dude's name was <laughs> in uh, Japan. They were kind of doing the same thing, but had nothing to do with each other. Like Japan was fucking with China. Uh, Italy was fucking with Northern Africa. Okay. Then, as uh, Germany kind of was taking countries in um, Europe, and th- and then you had America supplying uh, England and different countries. Germany was kind of up against it, so Germany, Italy, and Japan kind of signed a an Axis Pact, right? So. Russia, at the time, getting scared of what could possibly happen because you had Japan on one side, you had Germany on the other side, Germany and Italy, really, on the other side. At the time, we weren't like best buds with Russia. Thus the term, the enemy of my enemy is my friend type thing. We weren't like buddy-buddy with Russia at the time. We, at the time... Prior to World War II, you had the Bolshevik Revolution. You had uh, communism starting to take over. It's not like Stalin was a fucking choir boy. Everyone was the badmouth uh, Hitler. <laughs> I'm not saying Hitler was a good guy, but I'm just saying. Stalin was equally as evil <laughs> as uh, Hitler was, if not more so. Look at the kill list. Look at the numbers. You can look that up. I'm not going to worry about it right now. My point being is... We needed Russia to help defeat Germany as much as Russia needed us to help defeat Germany. You understand what I'm saying? So it was kind of like a necessary evil, so to speak. But nonetheless, shortly after World War II was over, we quickly divided. We quickly separated. Operation Paperclip, we divided essentially the scientists in Germany. Because we talked about this before. But essentially, World War II, we should have gotten our asses kicked on paper because Germany had the technology. Why they didn't use it is beyond me. Um, but nonetheless, we, we won. Um, we split the, the prizes. And, you know, that might be a show for another day as far as what happened to all these people. And you could go into the Argentina front. You could go into the Ukraine front because that's part of what the Azov Battalion was. You had Russian, I'm sorry, Germany Nazi defectors defect to Russia. Well, at the time, Ukraine was part of Russia. Yada, yada, yada. Anyway, so this is where it gets concerning because now you had pretty much all of Europe fighting Um, You had America involved. You had Japan. You had a lot of these countries, (laughs) Russia and China, which now, I don't know that there are enemies per se, but we don't really like each other a whole hell of a lot. 
So now if you flip it around, take Germany, Japan, and Italy out of the discussion and replace those names with Russia, China, and say North Korea, Iran, right? That would be your axis of evil. Your allied powers would be America, would be your NATO, because NATO was formed after World War II. So essentially, let's call it NATO. That would be your allies. <sighs> the problem is, is now you're getting a lot of, a lot of details, a lot of uh, cross, cross uh, mingling of, uh, of countries kind of fighting each other in the name of, of you know, whatever's going on. So this was Trump the other day. Um, I think he was in South Carolina. Yeah, he was in South Carolina. And, and this is what he had to say. I just, I find it very interesting here. And incompetence, Joe Biden has brought us to the brink of World War III. We're at the brink of World War III, just in case anybody doesn't know it. As president, I will bring back peace through strength. Peace through strength would have never happened. If I was president, there would not have been a war with Russia in Ukraine. Zero chance. And Lindsay would be happy with that. That's better than any alternative. Wouldn't have happened. And I will say this, even now, despite tremendous loss of lives and destruction of much of that country, I would have a peace deal negotiated within 24 hours. You could make a peace deal. You could make a deal for both right now, 24 hours. So it, it's hard to argue with that. Just look at his track record. The things that he did do from a peace standpoint. North Korea, Russia. Oh, that's because he was a Russian stooge, blah, blah, blah. What the fuck ever? Get out of here with that bullshit. You had... Um, I'll play my music back in. Wife's in the house, so I, I know she's going to bang around. That way you won't hear it. <laughs> but... um. He was he signed the, the Abraham Accords in the Middle East. He was working on peace initiatives through these countries that didn't get along forever in a day. So it's hard to deny that he wouldn't have done that. Now, if he were to become president in 24, and this is still going on, will he be able to change it? It's hard to say. It might be too past gone. The problem is this. You have too many quote-unquote war pigs not concerned because okay so before i go into this next story because this whole thing's gonna be about world war three so just just stay with me here's the problem with our country here's the problem with our leadership in this country and here's the problem with our citizens of this country and do you want to know what the problem is is we're spoiled <laughs> and I'm not saying you guys are spoiled. I'm including myself in this in this uh, description. We are a spoiled country. We we don't know heartache. Now you could say, Don, there's homeless people. They know heartache. They do. But how many times have you seen a homeless person that was overweight? I'm not saying they're homeless for a reason. Obviously. My point being is they're not starving. Yeah, they might not have a roof over their head, but they might because they probably have a homeless shelter to go to. You understand what I'm saying? I'm, I'm not downplaying. I'm not saying being homeless is great. I'm not saying that. <laughs> There's people in other countries that have a quote-unquote home and they're malnourished. They don't 
you know, they don't even know when or where their meal. I mean, in this country, at least around here, we you see homeless everywhere. Obviously, you watch the news and oh, Los Angeles, Philadelphia, San Francisco, blah blah blah. They all have homeless problems. Everyone's got homeless. I don't live in a big city, and there's plenty of homeless around. But what do you see all these homeless doing? Standing on the corner, will work for food signs. None of them actually work for food. They just stand there for food. And they only stand there for food. What do they stand there for? Money. And you could be sitting at a red light and guarantee you at least one of those cars is giving that person money, whether it's a dollar, five dollars, twenty dollars, whatever. I remember when I was a kid. Back when I was a young no. My first job I was a bag boy at Albertsons. Okay? And there was this old man that used to um, every weekend be out there begging for food. You know, had his sign. We'll work for food. And anything helps. Blah, 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 whatever. And every day when he was done work, so to speak, he'd go into the grocery store, get a six-pack of beer, jo- jump in his Lincoln, and head home. His Lincoln and head home. His Lincoln. <laughs> so one day I finally asked him, sir, what what are you doing? You obviously, I mean, it's not like he was living in his car and it was a nicer car. It's not like it was, so this was back in 90, 1990. It's not like he was driving a 62 Lincoln with three wheels and busted windows and he you could see his clothes and everything. And it was a newer car. His answer to me was, I'm retired. People are very generous. And this is just a way for me to make some extra money. Now, is that right? No, it's not right. But it put a sour taste in my mouth to everyone else out there. How many of these other people that are out there doing the same thing really need to be doing doing that? And then also, I see people that are plenty able-bodied will work for food. Okay, well, McDonald's is hiring, bro. And even now, like before, it used to be, oh, I don't have an address. How am I supposed to get a job? Nowadays, anybody hire you because they're so fucking desperate for workers. So, whatever, whatever. I didn't mean to get into a homeless situation. My point being is we're spoiled in this country. Even the homeless are spoiled in this country. And what I mean by that is this. This country, with the exception of Pearl Harbor, with the exception of attacks let me put it that way with the exception of Pearl Harbor if you want to claim 9-11 those types of things uh, Oklahoma City the Boston bombing which we all have theories on all of those things but as we are told (laughs) those were attacks so we'll use those as an example we have never seen war on these on this soil from a foreign adversary since the War of 1812. Now this country has seen war on its soil, and that was a civil war, which, in all honesty, I thought would happen before World War III would find these shores. And the sad thing is, is we're, we're probably dancing with the devil on both ends. We can honestly see a World War III that we get involved in on the top of our own division. And it will just beat ourselves, which maybe that's what quote-unquote they want so we think as as american citizens and even i i believe even our politicians believe that we can do the things that we do we can throw money at ukraine we can throw money in these other countries in the middle east and 
so on and so forth, and it's not going to affect us here, right? What was the thing after 9-11, right? When we invaded, <laughs> when 9-11 happened and we blamed it on um, Osama bin Laden, and that definitely is a show for another day. If I could ever get Chris to get his ass in here and we could do a 9-11 show. But um, why did we invade Iraq? We knew Osama bin Laden wasn't in Iraq. We knew he was in Afghanistan. We knew this. Our CIA, our intelligence agency, we knew where he was at. Why in the fuck didn't we bomb the mountains in Iraq in uh, Afghanistan? Why did we invade Iraq? Oh, weapons of mass destruction. What did that have to do with 9-11? That is probably another show for another day, just like I did Who Killed Muammar Gaddafi. I'm thinking about doing a Why Was Saddam Hussein Killed? But I don't want to get into that right now. Um, George Bush's comment was, we have to fight him over there so they don't fight us over here. That's always the excuse. We have to go over there so they won't come over here. The problem is, is we're fucking with these little pissant countries that can't come over here. Oh, we gotta go. We gotta go to Korea to help whoever, because we gotta, we gotta, we gotta go over to Korea to help the the South Koreans versus the North Koreans. We gotta fight them over there so they won't fight us over here. Which we had no business being over there. But like I said, it's a twenty-year war cycle. Vietnam. Oh, we got to fight them over there so we don't fight them. And of course, we were told that was about one thing. And as we talked about on our false, false flag uh, story, our show, it was probably not the right way. But nonetheless, <laughs> Gulf War, we got to fight them over there. We got to fight them over there. And that's fine. Fight them over there. I'm, I'm not saying that I want war here. What I'm saying is it's always these little pissant countries. That we're, we got to fight them over there. But what happens when you piss off the other big boys on the block? What happens when Russia's like, this is bullshit. Or China says, this is bullshit. And they have the naval and military acclimate to fight us over here. So we as Americans and as the politicians in this country feel like, oh, we just throw money at a problem and it'll, we'll, it'll take care of itself over there. The thing is, is Putin sees this as, as war. Whether we're actually over there fighting or not. Um, he knows that Ukraine is a weaker adversary and he should have already dominated them. But with the backing of NATO, primarily America, he's getting a little pissed at us. And we've already been warned by China that if they do decide to do anything with Taiwan, we've been warned not to get involved. Now, as an American, you can sit there and puff out your chest and be like, bullshit, they're not going to tell us what to do. Okay, cool, I agree with that. Just be prepared for the consequences. So, <laughs> are we, not our military, are we prepared for those consequences? And what I mean by that is this. When we go into these other countries, when we go to Iraq, when we go to Afghanistan, you don't, you didn't know, or you don't know who your enemy is. Okay? 
when you're fighting a war and you see the person across from you and they're wearing fatigues and they have the flag of whatever country, then you know that's your enemy or your friend. The problem was over there, a lot of people didn't wear uniforms. And they might have been your friend, but they also might have been your enemy. You understand? Do we in this country have that kind of mentality? Now, I'm sure there's some of us that do. But I guarantee there's a lot of us that don't. And I've gone as far as saying, and you guys have probably heard the term, three percenters. Oh, the three percenters. Oh, the oath keepers. Blah, 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 blah. I know some of these people. Some of these people are fat, old-ass men that even if they wanted to fight, probably can't. Okay? Um, what are we doing in this country just in case? And I'm not talking about our military. I'm talking about the 330-some-odd million people that live here. We have a lot of fronts to fight. We have a government that we can't trust. And then they're poking the bear of these other countries that might just bring the war here. And you can't help but wonder with all the legislation they're trying to pass on gun control and those things that they're not trying to help the enemy. World War II, when, when uh, Pearl Harbor happened, and I, I don't know the name, so forgive my ignorance because I'm not Japanese and I can't recall Fukushima or whatever, when that happened, said, you've just woken an angry giant. Behind every blade of grass is a rifle. And that's still true today because gun ownership in this country equals the number of citizens. Now, that's not to say that obviously every person in this country owns a gun. But there are enough guns in this country to defend this country, the problem is, is there going to be enough people to pull the triggers? What are you doing to protect this country? Everyone wants to call themselves a patriot. Are you really ready to do patriot shit when it comes down to it? Everyone wants to be a three percenter. Are you ready to be a three percenter? And I'm not talking about three percenter taking over this country. I'm talking about three percenter protecting this country. Do you know the term three percenter? Do you know where that came from? That came from the Revolutionary War. Why? Well, because 3% of the population of the colonies were involved in the Revolutionary War. They were your Minutemen. They were your, your guerrilla fighters, so to speak. That wasn't a term back then, but that's what they were. That was a ragtag army. Your Minutemen was your militia. They were your quote-unquote National Guard, so to speak. You understand what I'm saying? You had an army, George Washington, but you had a lot of volunteer people that wanted to be a part of that. Your three percenters. Now, granted, back then, population was a lot lower, so that three percent was a lot smaller. There, I personally believe that there's no such thing as a three percenter in this country because that would be <laughs> 10 million people. I don't think... There's 10 million people in this country that aren't in the military that are willing to stand up for this country. I would be willing to bet that number is probably around 1%. Is 
if I had to guess. Um, but I fear that, in my personal opinion, this is the closest we've ever become to having to be that. And this goes for the people in, in Europe that are listening to the show. This might even go for the people in Canada that are listening to the show. If you're in, if you're in these other countries and you're listening to this show, if you're listening to Don't Tread on America, you're listening to this show for a reason. Okay? This goes for you guys as well. Don't think, don't think for a, a freaking second that if Russia and or China are going to try and bring the fight to to us, that they're not going to try and bring the fight to you. What are you going to do? U.S. Air Force General Mike Minahan predicts a China war in the war in the year 2025 four-star air force general has told his officers to prepare for war with china within two years now this is this is what's going to be interesting about this okay so um i'm going to breeze through this article real quick he goes i hope i'm wrong but um he's the head of 50,000 members of the air mobility command wrote in a chilling friday memo my gut tells me we will fight in 2025 the defense, uh, Department of Defense sought to downplay the memo. These comments do not represent the department department's view on China. But Minahan, a 32-year Air Force veteran based at Scott Air Force Base in Illinois, laid out his premise. In terms of geopolitical logic, as tension between China and Taiwan continue. So, without going into his reasonings, let's just cover the basics. I don't think that we're going to be in war with China in 2025. I don't think it's going to be U.S. China. I think it's going to be NATO, which is going to be primarily U.S., China, and Russia. You're talking two very large countries in population and size. I'm telling you right now, we had our hands full with Germany, Japan, and Italy in World War II. What do you think is going to happen if these two motherfuckers join forces? And don't think for a freaking second that they won't bring the fight here. Now, what is my advice to you? Number one, stock up. <laughs> stock up on everything. Stock up on food. As much as you can afford to buy. I know things are expensive. I know things are tight. I've said this before. If you have a grocery store or whatever that does BOGOs and do just stock up dates on this shit's pretty good. If you keep your stock, your inventory rotated, you'll be fine. Maybe if you like guns, I would assume if you're listening to this, you probably own a gun or two. My advice to you, if you don't own one, maybe go buy a Kalashnikov or an AK. Why those guns? Well, because that's what the enemy uses. What does it matter if I use a gun that the enemy uses? It's a lot easier to get ammo if you're using the same gun as your enemy. You understand what I'm saying? It's a lot easier to... <laughs> I really not. I don't mean this to be a fucking World of War, War of the Worlds situation. I'm not George Orwell or whatever. Uh, I'm telling you... <laughs> if shit happens, you can't be carrying around 100 pounds of ammo. 
But if you have the guns that the enemy uses, you understand what I'm saying? If you have an AR, you got five, five, six as a NATO round. Okay. AK, usually your, your Russian and uh, Chinese soldiers use an AK round, 76239. Um, like I said, I'm not meaning to scare you guys. But, and you might be listening to me and rolling your eyes. This motherfucker has lost his mind. Fine, whatever. I hope, in the words of, you know, uh, Mike Minahan, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. But realistically, you can go buy you a nice AK-47 for six, seven hundred bucks. What do you have to lose? I mean, in all honesty, buy you a couple hundred rounds to practice with. You really have nothing to lose because are you going to be the sheep that says, oh, here's the Chinese, here's the Russians, I'm fucking, here you go. Um, you could sit here and also say, he's fucking crazy, Don's lost his damn mind, we know damn well if shit gets to shit, they're just going to launch nuclear. No, they're not going to do that. Why, why wouldn't China and or Russia want to just bomb the shit out of this country and kill us all? Too many natural resources. You wouldn't believe that, by the way. The Biden administration doesn't utilize them. But trust me, when I tell you, this country is rich in natural resources. If you imprison the population, you have free reign. Kind of like what China is doing in Africa. I said it. And to think that I'm being bombastic and just being a fear monger... How about this? The other day, there was a frigate of the Na uh, Russian Navy approached the territory. When I say territory, it was Bur uh, the uh, <laughs> Bermuda. <laughs> Sorry. Um, within a distance of 1,000 kilometers. Okay? The basis of armament for this Russian ship is a Zykron hypersonic missile capable, capable of carrying a nuclear warhead. So now if this if this frigate was within a thousand kilometers of the of Bermuda, that's not that far from our shores. Okay? Now it didn't specify within a thousand meters on which side of Bermuda. Just said within it couldn't pinpoint it. It lost uh it lost uh location. Now this particular boat is very much reminiscent to our frigate in our battleship that have a stealth technology were they somehow or another able to block our radar don't know but there's also this US was tracking this was earlier this month both of these situations happened within the last couple of weeks tracking possible Russian intelligence gathering ship near Hawaii so you have a frigate off the coast of Virginia. What's in Virginia? Does anyone know? Oh, it's near Washington, D.C. Oh, it's... You got the Pentagon. Oh, you got... Norfolk. Let's, let's think naval. Let's think strategic. They're not here to kill the president, necessarily. They're not here to go after CIA or the Pentagon, necessarily. If they're here to gather intelligence, what are they doing? Norfolk. Hawaii. Those bases we still use just because it was bombed doesn't mean we're not using Hawaii as a naval port. San Diego. 
San Francisco. Okay? Alaska. We have naval ports in all those states. U.S. Coast Guard's been tracking a Russian ship off the coast of Hawaiian Islands, believed to be an intelligent gathering ship. The Russian vessel has been tracked for a few weeks so far, according to the Coast Guard. In recent weeks, the U.S. Coast Guard has continued to monitor a Russian vessel, believed to be an intelligent ship gathering, blah, blah, blah. Why do they repeat the same fucking thing? <laughs> uh, Coast Guard Commander Dave Milne said in a statement that it's part of the procedure to ensure freedom of the movement of movement within the seas while tensions between Washington and Moscow are slowly escalating because of the Russia-Ukraine war, which will link to its 12th month next week, which is actually, well, a couple of weeks here. Um, Coast Guard operates in accordance to international laws of the sea to ensure all nations can do the same, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, does Russia have the right to do what they're doing? Yeah, they do. The problem is, is do they normally do it? Now, every country can operate naval vessels within so many miles of another country's shore. I think it's 100 miles. Once you're dancing with the devil, be prepared to get struck. Now, if they were two, 3,000 kilometers off the shore, you're still thinking, okay, well, they're... Shit, they're fucking a ways away. But they're not that far. Not when you're talking about hypersonic missiles. You only need to be so close to launch one. You don't need to be on the doorstep. You can be, you know, down the road, so to speak. These are the things I'm talking about. When when we went into Kuwait, we bombed the shit out of Iraq with Tomahawk missiles before we sent ground troops in. If Russia and or China is able to position ships on either end, on both ends of our sea, sea line and just start launching missiles, not saying that they'll be nuclear but just enough to fuck with us or cause electrical disruptions, cause outages, blackouts. Okay? What are we going to do? Not we as in our country, as in our military. What are we going to do? What would you do if the city you live in, the state you live in, whatever, what if all of a sudden... They targeted our electrical grid. Because realistically, you don't need to take out Washington or the Pentagon or Chicago or New York or L.A. You don't need to take out these cities. You just need to take out electrical grids. They bomb Hoover Dam. They bomb major electrical grid choke points. What do you think happens then? Panic? Think, think of what happens if there's no electricity. What don't you have? Well, Don, we don't have electricity. <laughs> we don't have air conditioning. We don't have heat. Okay, you can live without either of those. If it's hot and you're just hot. If it's cold, you're cold, but you can warm up. You can build fires. You can do whatever, right? <laughs> but 
you don't have refrigeration for food. You don't have cell phones for communication. Do you have a long-range walkie-talkie? Probably not. It's those little things. Can't take showers. You can take cold showers, I guess, which you'd get used to real quick. It's just the things that we don't think about. Have you ever been in a hurricane situation where you lost power for a week or two weeks? It'd be like that, but a lot longer. And there's nothing you can do about it. It's not like you're calling your local electric company and they're out putting poles up because they got knocked down by a tornado or a hurricane or whatever. It's it's more than that. Now, why do I say all these things? You have Russian ships. Are they just fucking with us? Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe they know exactly what they're doing. But then this weekend, you have Israel launching drone strikes strikes on Iran. And you can be like, oh, well, that has nothing to do with this. Doesn't it? Well, do you know that all the drones that are being used by Russia in Ukraine are being furnished by Iran? You don't think that this Israel... Now, like I've said before, I look at us as like a mob boss. We're telling Ukraine, go do this. We're telling Israel, go do that. Telling Germany, you need to get involved. And we're just sitting back here throwing money at the situation. So now what happens if Iran gets pissed off at Israel? You're going to start a fight there. Guarantee you there's going to be retaliation. Of course, you got Iran coming out saying, oh, it wasn't that bad. And they're just doing that to save face. But you know damn well deep inside they're sitting there saying, motherfuckers, I can't believe they did this shit. We're about to bomb the fuck out of them. So here we go. Here's another front. Who, who in this scenario are the Axis powers going to be? Well, I already told you. Russia, China, North Korea, and Iran. For sure. You'll probably have some other hanger-oners. You know, if you look at the BRICS nations, right? So we talked about, I did a show on the BRICS nations. So Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa. You can also add to that Saudi Arabia. Um, what does that mean? Well, take the financial aspects of the BRICS nation out of this. If those countries are willing to group together in a financial situation, why wouldn't they group together in a wartime situation? Right? You're talking a lot of people. So, this article comes out. Five places World War III could start in 2023. So, go through a little timeline of events. So, in February 22, Russia attacked Ukraine, starting the largest clash in Europe since World War II. The war has caused global ripples, raising the stakes of disputes that have smoldered for decades. These five simmering disputes pose the greatest threats of erupting into World War III. So, in 22, the world came closer to great power war than any other point at the end of the Cold War. Russia lost, launched a full-scale invasion of Ukraine. Yada, yada, yada. We all know what happened. 
So the five areas posed to be the greatest th risk for the eruption of what we might be tempted to call World War III. So obviously Ukraine, right? Don't need to read on. I mean, the biggest reason there would be NATO's constant involvement. And some would call it a proxy war on our behalf. Like we're kind of fighting the war without fighting the war. Next would be Taiwan. Once again, obvious reasons. China has a hard-on for Taiwan. They're constantly doing military um, maneuvers or, you know, naval maneuvers out in the, uh, the ocean around the island there. Just kind of waiting to see what happened. So here's where it gets interesting. So Greece and Turkey. So lost in all the discussion of the <laughs> revitalization of NATO in response to Russia's invasion of Ukraine has been a simmering crisis on the alliance southern flank. Over the past year's tension between Greece and Turkey have increased substantially, driven in large part by Turkey's assertive foreign policy turn um, and by the domestic vulnerability of the Erdogan, Erdogan <laughs> regime. Disputes between Athens and Ankara over energy exploration in the Argin have driven the current tension, although the territorial disagreement underlying the argument have existed for decades. Okay, but who's to say it doesn't come to a head, right? While it seems unlikely a NATO ally would openly attack another NATO ally, past conflicts have brought the two countries up on the brink of war and sometimes slightly beyond. I, I don't think that just because both countries are part of NATO, that what does that got to do with fucking shit, you know? I mean, Russia and U.S. were allies at one point, <laughs> right? I would, it would probably be a situation where one of the two would, would leave NATO and join forces with the other side. Just be part of the mix. Korean Peninsula. I don't know that it would be a fight between the two, between the South and the North, like it was back in the 50s. But we do know know for a fact that that North Korea and Kim Jong-un is aching to do something. He's trying to prove his point for forever. And then China, India, which is interesting because, like I said, the BRICS nation, these two countries are part of that. So I know areas of India and parts of that of southern China there have issues and they've clashed in recent years but you know I think India I, I think India really just hedges its bets on both sides to be honest with you it's like they like the money they're getting from America but China is right there but then it brings you into a um, a whole nother situation of of nuclear war. So you know, there's there's a few countries that have nuclear weapons. So um, or, or even nuclear capabilities, whether they have the actual weaponry or not. So United States, Russia, China. United Kingdom and France, U.S. and Russia have the, the majority of those weapons. Um, 
But I'm trying to read ahead here. I know I looked at it. But you have countries, you know, like um, India, Pakistan, um, Iran, who are working on nuclear capability. North Korea. You know, now we don't actually know what, you know, exactly what they have. So basically it breaks down like this. So if you look at the top nine countries here that have nuclear weapons. Okay. And, and of course these, these counts that we have, how accurate are they? Right. It's not like you go into a football game and show the other team your playbook, but just for shits and giggles, we'll go through it. Russia, number one with 6,500 warheads. United States, number two with almost 6,200 warheads. France, 300. China, 290 UK 215 Pakistan 160 India 140 Israel 90 North Korea anywhere from 20 to 30 so if you're picking teams here you would have what US France UK and Israel for sure on one team you'd have Russia China and North Korea for sure on one team. And then I guess India and Pakistan would be your, your wild card, so to speak. So I guess in essence, it's kind of even <laughs> from a warhead standpoint, assuming that Russia and China and North Korea are forthright with their numbers. Now, supposedly, it's because they signed a treaty, the uh, was it, MPT. Um, let's see if I can find it real quick. Yeah, MPT which is the non-proliferation treaty. But how do you know they're telling the truth? You know, once again, shit, we can't, can't trust our own government. We're going to trust someone else. But then it gets into a situation of this. And I talked about this when we, when we, when Biden came out and said, we're going to give, uh, we're going to give, uh, tanks and whatnot, right? So, this just broke the other day. U.S. readies over $2 billion Ukraine aid, $2 billion Ukraine aid package with longer range weapons. So, we're giving them tanks. Now, we're giving them long range capabilities. <clears throat> you don't think Putin and Russia is paying attention? Because, God forbid, we keep our fucking mouth shut. But, so now you're giving them javelins, anti-tank weapons. You're giving them a Patriot air defense. You're, you're giving them everything they need for war. And well, Don, they've been in war. It's been a year almost. You're giving them not so much defense capabilities, but invasion capabilities. How do you think Russia, Putin, and these people, these whoever's running the show over there, is going to feel about that. Right? They're going to see this. And then, as soon as you do all this other stuff, Zelensky wants more. Now he's asking for F-16s. And says pilots would need six months of training, of combat training. So now we're giving him tanks that they're probably not going to get close to the end of the year. Now he wants planes, and we're going to have to train them. So now you're already talking... This is a, a war going on a year now, costing us, me and you, the American people, 
billions of dollars. They could be used for a lot of other things. You know, we got the debt ceiling. We're fucking just spending money. And I said before, America, or I shouldn't say that, our government doesn't build planes, doesn't build tanks, doesn't build ammunition, doesn't build rocket launchers and guns. They, We, as a government, don't do that. The private sector does that. Okay, what do you, what's your point? My point is this. If I work for uh, Lockheed Martin, I'm not giving missiles away. I'm not giving planes away. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? If I work for Remington, I'm not giving ammunition away. The government's going to pay for that. So on top of the $2 billion now more we're spending them, we're going to give them ammo. We're going to give them guns. We're going to give them long-range weaponry. More money. Why is this important? Well, when you have defense contractors running your Department of Defense and your uh, defense, the Secretary of Defense is, granted, he was a general, whatever, whatever. Once he retired, he went to work for a defense contractor, right? You don't think... And now this is just one company, but I've said this before. You have contractors, you have um, these friggin' lobbyists and all this stuff. And there's kickbacks involved with different congressmen and different senators and, and presidents. And then you can go into the Biden Inc. situation between Joe, the brother, and the son. How are they involved in this? In the meantime, we're talking about a debt ceiling that no one's talking about. None of this stuff anyone's talking about. We're worried about videotapes of what happened in Memphis and what happened in, in Paul Pelosi's bedroom and mass shootings that they can't gain traction on because, you know, it's Asian people killing each other. It's like the media is always looking for something else to get your mind off of what's, what's really fucking this country up and costing us hundreds of millions or more dollars. But yet now we're probably looking at not being able to pay pensions. I said this last week. I wouldn't be surprised you don't see Social Security checks being held up. We're slowly trickling out. Tax returns. And bet your ass if you owe the IRS money, they ain't going to be waiting on it. So I guess the moral to this story is we're fucked. <laughs> but what we have to do is ask ourselves, forget about our government, forget about our military. You can only hope and pray so much. What are you willing to do when it comes down to it? If you've never seen the movie Red Dawn, now I've never seen the newer version of it, so I can't speak on that one. I'm going back to 84 whenever the, the first one came out. I know it was just a movie. But are you willing to do those types of things? We see these types of movies. You see, and I'm going to use old 80s movies because that's what I am. I'm that kind of guy. You look at Red Dawn. You look at Iron Eagle. You look at those types of things. Are you willing to step up and do those? Why well, I have a job. Motherfucker, let me tell you what. You might not have any kind of job. 
other than the job of staying alive if the shit hits the fan. So forget about your job. Forget about any of those things. Are you willing to do what it takes to defend this country? And I don't think there's many people that are willing to do that. So you really have to ask yourself a question. Are you going to be one of those people? Are you going to be one of the actual three percenters? One percenters, half a percent, whatever there is. Because, like I said, I'm not trying to scare you guys. But if you have the money, buy you some food. Buy non-perish, you know, get you some canned food, get you some dry rice, you know, stuff like that. Get you a long-range radio. Get you some solar um, charging banks for those things. You're not gonna if 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 it goes south, you're not gonna have electricity. You're not gonna have the options. Oh, I got a generator. You're not gonna be able to get gas. <laughs> so I'm just saying. I think if there, we've been fortunate in this country. Through World War One, World War Two, we really never had to deal with a whole lot here. From a war standpoint, yeah, there was rationing and there was this and there was that, and we had to kind of tighten our belt, so to speak. But from a war standpoint, we really never had to deal with anything here. I don't think that we'll be so lucky this time. So, and it's not my fault. It's not your fault. It's these idiots that get elected that sit in Washington. And, and, and I'll even go as far as saying it's not even some of those people. It's some of the people that get hired by the idiots that get fucking elected. These uh, know-it-alls. But it's just keep that war machine turning. It doesn't matter what party. If they're Republican, Democrat, those people don't exist. There's, they're a small number of actual Republicans that care for this country and Democrats that care for this country. Everyone else is on the same team, regardless of that letter. So, it'll be interesting the next year or so. And the reason I say that is because things will get very confusing when election season cranks up. There's going to be a lot of infighting between Republicans. There's going to be a lot of who are we going to have run for president on the Democratic side. Oh, Joe's running again. Yeah, Joe, Joe be lucky if he finishes out his term from the things I'm hearing. Who's it going to be? It's not going to be Joe. Forget about that. Is it going to be Michelle Obama? Is it going to be Gavin Newsom? Whatever. Is it going to be Trump? Is it going to be DeSantis? Whatever. I'll say this about that. I have no problem with either one of them being president. But what I want to see is them not fight. Either be on the same team. But, you know... You know, in the word, words of Rodney King, can't we all just get along? Let's stop the crap. And uh, I am concerned. I'm a very much a Ron DeSantis fan, trust me, living in Florida, right? I guess my problem is the company that he's been keeping lately concerns me. And that's what I'm worried about with him. So... I guess time will tell. But there's going to be a lot of confusion going on. So keep your ear to the ground. Follow us here on Don't Tread on America. Share this with your friends, guys. And 
all I can do, nothing's going to happen tomorrow. Okay. But it's going, it's matriculating. And what's the worst thing? If you buy a gun, if you buy some food, if you buy these things, what's the worst thing that happens? You don't have to use them. Hell, if you buy food that you eat anyway, you can rotate the stock. That's what we do. So, anywho. <sighs> Sorry to be a Debbie Downer on a Wednesday, but it's just what I feel like. And with that being said, guys, you have a great day and enjoy the rest of your day. <laughs> but it is Wednesday, February 1st, 2023, guys. I will be back here on Friday for sure. It's going to be the first three-show week in God knows how long, and uh, you're welcome. So <laughs> with that being said, you guys have a great day, and I'll talk to you again on Friday. <laughs>